lay some stuff on my heart, and, and I really felt the presence of the Lord. And so I'm going to attempt to do my very best to yield to God and bring this thought to you. The token of a covenant. The token of a covenant. Now, we've all heard of Samson, right? I mean, he was strong. And he did a lot of things good, and he did a few things bad. But he was a Nazarite. Committed and sanctified for the service of God from his mother's womb. It wasn't Samson that originally kept the covenant. It was his mother and father. For God began to speak to Manoah and his wife, who hadn't even prayed, according to the Scripture, for a son. It was customary when a wife was barren that either the husband or wife will begin to entreat God and say, God, let us have a child. But in this case, the Scripture indicates no prayers. It was a time where the last judge of Israel had died and they had begun to transgress. They had begun to go away from the precepts of the Word of God. And during this time, God would deliver the people of Israel with judges. And so God visited Manoah and began to talk to him and tell him that him and his wife was going to have a child, a son. And that the mother was not to drink any type of strong drink. She was to sanctify her body because from her body was going to be the next judge to deliver God's people. Now, if you want to know more about the Nazarite vow, if you want to study it later, it's found in Numbers chapter number 6. You can study that out. Samson was a Nazarite. There was no razor to come upon his head. He was not to drink anything that was strong drink. His parents made that commitment, and I know they shared that with Samson. It was in his heart. They told him who he was. They told him why he didn't get a haircut. They explained to him his mission. He had it in his heart. Did you know that Hannah, who was also barren and went, to the temple and was praying so fervently, yet not making a noise. And Eli thought she was drunk. She began to commit a child, Samuel, as a Nazarite unto the Lord. You see, there is something about a vow. There's something about a covenant. There's something about a promise. Because a vow means to make a promise. Covenant is a promise. Covenant means testament. An agreement. You see, the Old and New Testament, which is really one Bible, it's one book, it's God's Word, is a covenant. 
between all those that will accept it. Are you with me? You got this down. All right. God made a covenant, a promise that he would never destroy the earth entirely with water. Now, he didn't say there wouldn't be any floods, tsunamis, hurricanes. But he did make a promise, and he is still keeping that promise. Because that promise is not dependent on you and I. He made that promise from himself. But there's other promises I want to bring up as well. Because God is a covenant-making God. Now, Jacob, God made a covenant with Jacob. He did. Jacob initiated it. Stay with me. This is going to be kind of a long foundation, but stay with me. I'll get there, and you'll like it when I get there. He made a covenant. Now, Jacob was running for his life because he stole his birthright from his brother. And so on his way, he said, God, if you'll be with me, and you'll keep me, and you'll bless me. God, I'll give you a tenth of all that you give me. So there was a contract, a covenant between Jacob and God. Now, I'd like to give you, I believe, one more covenant that God made. God made a covenant with Israel. Not because they were the largest, greatest people, but just the opposite. They were the smallest people on the planet. And God made a contract between Abraham and himself. And Abraham's descendant through Isaac. Not Ishmael, but through Isaac. And so he said, I'm going to be your God and you are going to be my people. And so these are the covenants I want you to really take hold of. That God was not going to destroy the earth entirely with water. Are you with me? You've got to get this. That he made a covenant with Israel that you're my people, I'm your God. He made a covenant with Manoah and his wife that Samson was going to be a Nazarite. He made a covenant with Hannah that Samuel was going to be dedicated to the Lord as long as he would live. Those are the covenant. But yet my thought is the token of the covenant. As we begin to look On certain days when the weather begins to look like it's going to rain or after rain, especially in Hawaii, you can look up and you can see something in the sky. I know that science explains it. I understand it's something to do with the sun and the clouds and all of that. But I know who put it there. It's not the covenant. It's not the vow. God didn't need it. 
but he gave it for you and me. When we see the token, the sign of the covenant, we know that God will not destroy the earth entirely with water again. He didn't say fire because that's coming. All right. Then he made a covenant with Israel. And he said to them, listen, I'm going to make you my people and I'm going to be your God. And this is the token of the covenant between you and me, he said, that you will circumcise each man child. And any person that is not circumcised has the token, has no covenant with me. He went on to teach them his laws. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which we call the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is. One Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is. One Lord. And God began to tell his people, listen, I want you to teach it to your children when they go to bed, when they get up, when they sitteth about the house, and when they goeth along thy way, that they will have no other gods but me. You teach them. But he went on to say, it will be a token Tied about your right hand and between the frontlets of your eyes. You see, the Jewish people that are orthodox, ultra-orthodox, I should say, keep that covenant through the token. They take the tefillin and they wrap it around their right arm and hand to remember the word of the Lord. They take a mezuzah. And they put it on the outside of their doorposts so that anyone that sees it knows this house is dedicated to the one God of Israel. These were the tokens. Was not the covenant, but the token. With any contract, have you ever been in a contract? Are y'all with me still? Have I lost you? Are you sleeping yet? Have you have you ever been in a contract? Is it valid when you read it? Are you kidding me? You mean all the contracts that I've read that didn't make it valid with me just because I read it? No. So reading the Word of God doesn't make that contract valid in your life. Knowing the verses doesn't make it valid. Being able to quote it doesn't make it valid. Believing in it doesn't make it valid. Are you with me? What makes that contract between you and someone else valid? A signature that you have made a commitment, vow, and promise, I will keep this contract between you and I. Without the signature, there is no contract.
We know the Bible says this. For us in the New Testament, in the dispensation of grace, that tongues are for a sign. It's not the contract. But it's a sign of the signature that I've made between God and I. Was that too deep? Yeah, that was good. And circumcision now is no longer of the flesh. So if I don't have a signature inscribed on my heart that his words are written on the tablets of my heart with a token of speaking with another language as God gives the utterance, I have not signed the contract. So when people ask me, do I have to speak in tongues to be saved? Read the contract. Uh-oh, I've lost some of you. Read the contract. If any man not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of mine. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We don't know anything about this. Holy Ghost, read the contract. Go through the book of Acts. How did they know the Gentiles were also now the seed of Abraham? Because they heard the sign. Therefore, they couldn't have done the sign without the signature on their heart. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Oh, I'm preaching today now. I'm telling you, I'm laying down some things here today. So I'm telling you right now, if you have not spoken in tongues, uh, you have not uh, signed the contract. uh, And the contract is not valid. Uh, You need to yield to the author. Now, let's get this straight. This is not my contract. I don't think I could have wrote anything so close as the power and beauty of this book. But God wrote it as he moved upon holy man. They pinned this book down. This is the contract. I said, this is the contract. Nothing more. Nothing less. It's not my opinion, not yours, not my thoughts, not yours. It's whatsoever God saith. It's whatsoever God saith. And Peter said it pretty plain when he had the Jewish brethren on the day of Pentecost. uh, Asked men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? What shall we do to be saved? And Peter said, the contract says, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise, for the, for the contract is to you, your children, even as many as the far out, as many as the Lord God shall call. This contract is for everybody. But you cannot execute it your way. Or my way. It has to be executed 
God's way. Now, now, with any contract, hear me now, it is good. And if you don't do this, I'm going to pray for you. If you have a contract today, you need to have an advocate. I know what I'm talking about. You get in a business deal without somebody defending you, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. So God said, look, I love you, but I'm going to have me an advocate between you and me. Hey, if you ain't getting this, I don't know what to tell you because I can't go back right now. I'm too much in this right now to go back. You see, the man Christ, the humanity of Christ, the man Christ Jesus, the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He became the advocate. He became the mediator between God's covenant and me. Between God's covenant and me. His blood is what I use to be able to pin To pin my name that I believe it through obedience because to obey is better than sacrifice to hearken than the fat of rams. I've got a, oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I said, I'm feeling it. Romans 1 4 and 5, listen to this and declare to be the Son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. You see, faith without a works of obedience is, you can say you believe it all day long. But until you obey it, you have not signed it. Romans 6.16 says this. Know you not? That to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey. Whoever you're obeying, that's the servant you are are to. Whether sin unto death or obedience unto. Righteousness. Obedience unto. Righteousness. Obedience unto. Righteousness. Romans 16.26 now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, the covenant of God. Do you hear me? The promise of God made known to all nations for? The obedience of faith. Obedience of faith. Faith without action is lip service. You can tell that person that you want to sell something to or buy. Yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, we got a deal. We got a deal. Mm-hmm. You ain't got no deal no. until signatures are on that paper. That's right. That's right. And then you got to have the earnest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woo, that's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Y'all know y'all never bought a home. <laughs> yeah, I know about Y'all never people. bought a car. Uh-huh. Earnest I know they money. got these cars, you know, $99 down. You're paying a down somewhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Earnest money, they're going to want it. Yes, yes. Why do you think the Holy Ghost said it is the earnest of our inheritance? Yes. Oh, I'm telling you, God said, okay. I saw you sign it in repentance. I saw you sign it inside of your heart. So I'm going to give you a token. I'm going to give you a down payment. I'm going to give you an earnest. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And you're going to have an outward sign of an inward change. And we're going to have an agreement. And I'm going to tell you right now, honey, you don't have to worry about me breaking it, God says. But I'm concerned that you won't keep it. 
So can we go back to Samson? All right. Now, we know Samson, he had some weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was strong. Mm-hmm. Killed a thousand with the jawbone of a donkey. How many foxes did he catch? 300? Okay. Lit their tails on fire? I mean, my goodness, I could even catch one. Uh-huh. He caught 300. Uh-huh. I mean, he was, he was strong. Uh-huh. And you know something I'm going to tell you right now? He didn't work out. <laughs> I, that, I'm not saying it's wrong. <laughs> but that's not where my strength comes from. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exercise is good. Keep your body fit. Y'all going to go different left field on me right now. But the Bible says, the contract says, bodily exercise profiteth little. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading the contract. Right. <laughs> I want some exercise. I'll do some worship in here. I'll get some exercise. <laughs> Let's go back to Samson. Samson's, I think, one of the favorite judges of my son-in-law. I'm surprised he didn't name one of his boys Samson. But he did name one Gideon, which is a judge. And so, I asked the question to the students. I asked them. I said, now, Samson got himself in a bind because he was starting to stray from the covenant by dating and fall in love with a woman outside of Israel. Go ahead, parents. Let your children date. They're going to wind up like Samson. We got quiet there, didn't it? That's what the book says. I didn't say it. God said it. Don't get me on this now. I'll I'll quote you several scriptures here. And so he got himself in love with a non-Israelite by the name of Delilah. Why are you so hard on her? It was Samson who could have cut it off any time. He could have looked at her and said, look, yeah, you look good. Yeah, I'm attracted to you, but I'm a Nazarite. No, you didn't get that. You didn't, no, you didn't hear me. You, you can say, yeah, to your flesh. I like what I see. Oh, yeah, I would like to get you. No, 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 I'm a child of God. I can't do that. You want me? You got to get the contract. You want me? You Come on, somebody. Parents, I'm going to tell you right now, your teenager is not old enough to decide for themselves who they can date and who they can't date. They are not mature enough. Oh, that wasn't in my notes. A lot of this wasn't in my notes. You should see my notes. I'm not even close to them yet. (laughs) Samson, he forgot for a moment who he was. And what his parents, what his lineage, what his ancestry. He was of the tribe of Dan. He forgot for a moment 
that he was the deliverer of Israel. And he got himself heart attached. Almost said heart attack. And so she began because somebody came around her. Hey, if you'll tell us what Samson's secret is, we'll give you all of this. So she said, Samson or this? Samson or this? The church or this? Man, I'm preaching today. <laughs> and so she said, okay, forget Samson. <laughs> Samson, if you love me, can you just see those eyes? I don't know what color they were. Let's just use brown. Can you see those brown eyes? Samson, if you, that lip. Samson, if you love me, how can you tell me you love me and you still go to church? How can you tell me you love me and you still won't do the things that I want to do? Samson, if you really love me, you'll tell me your secret. Well, Samson was playing with her. So he told her one thing, it wasn't it. And then she got mad. He told her something else and she got even madder. And finally, he broke down. He said, listen, what we need to go back to and read is that he first told her everything that was in his heart. He told her everything about his parents, the visitation from the Lord, how he became a Nazarite, how he was dedicated, how he was a deliverer. He told her her everything and then he said my strength is in my hair this is what I have for you the hair was not his strength that was a token of his covenant that was the outward sign that he was still living what sign do you have that you're really still living for God and maintaining his commitment. What comes out of your mouth? What are you looking at? Where are you going? Come on, somebody. What are you thinking? What is the token? As we stand to our feet. Oh, I wish I had a piano player. Get her fast. All right, so here we have Samson shaving, sleeping. You didn't hear it. When you sleep and slumber in the Lord, you might become shaven. He said, Be vigilant, be sober. To wake out of sleep. But there he was asleep, not knowing what his relationship really was doing to his covenant with God. 
she took out the scissors and cut off each of the seven locks. And then, wake up, Samson! The Philistines be upon you. He was ready. Just like when you come to church. You're ready, but there's no strength. There's no anointing. And they jumped on him. He couldn't whip a wet noodle. And they took Samson. Hear me, church. And they plucked out his vision. Without a vision, the people perish. And they chained him like a mule to a wheel grind and made sport of him. This whole message has come to this right now. This is where I want to be. Samson made a terrible, terrible mistake. It cost him his relationship with God for a season. Did you hear me? For a season. And while he was there grinding out the meal or the corn, the Bible says his hair began to grow again. Repentance as he circled that grinding wheel. I'm sure he probably said, oh, what have I done? Where is Deliah at today? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Lord, what he couldn't see, right? What, what have I done as he's making a circle in life? Thank you that somebody's with me. Going around in circles in life. He was repenting. He was sorrowful. What a mess. He was supposed to be the deliverer. And now he has become their captain. His hair began to grow. He began through his repentance to sign again the covenant. Covenant. 